You're listening to SM Media, the number one place for exclusive Scottish football content. Hi folks and welcome to the latest episode of the SM Media Scottish Women's Football Show. I'm Scott McPike, it's an absolute pleasure to be your host as always. We had a really good panel this week, delighted to be joined by from the Anyone's Game podcast, Kenny Bogue. Kenny, welcome to the show, it's a pleasure to have you on. Thank you very much, Scott. Oh, brilliant to have you on and we're delighted to be joined as well by Robbie Hanratty. Robbie, welcome on, it's a pleasure. Good to be here, thank you very much. Brilliant, it's good to have you on. It's, we're going to have a, a fascinating weekend, obviously, all over the four leagues and we've got some European competition to talk about as well. We'll start with the European action. Rangers are into the second round of the Champions League, a 4-0 win away to Park, Salonica and Greece. Kenny, massive result for Rangers and obviously the Scottish game just to have, to have a team in the Champions League and obviously Glasgow City going out of the way during the week. Rangers are carrying the flag for Scottish, for Scottish football. Definitely. I mean, what, what a result. I mean, if you watch the game, they, they were very lucky in the first half, obviously, uh, when the, the lassie hit the bar. And then I'd say unlucky not to have a penalty as well. The keeper came out and actually punched McCoy right in the head. <laughs> but uh, second half performance was fantastic. And I think Malky Thompson summed it up perfectly as well. He just says the team are, they've got a real maturity about them. You know, there's just something about the side now that you just, they're, they're confident in it every match. And I think as well, Hannah Davison grabbing her first ever professional goal. I mean, if you watch her interview afterwards, she was absolutely buzzing. Uh, and it, like you say, it's, it's good for Scottish football. Hopefully we get a favourable draw in the next round and yeah, we can absolutely. actually get into the group stage. Yeah, and I hope as well, uh, we should get the home, the home leg should be played at Ibrox. I'm, I'm advocating that. Why not? Get as many I fans in as possible. Yeah, I guess and I think you would actually get a good turnout as well. Robbie, were you impressed with Rangers' performance yesterday? Yeah, absolutely. I thought that was a statement result, especially after the first, it's the first European campaign in the club's history beat Ferris Suarez obviously during the week for you on to set up that tie against PAOK and I just thought I thought it would be a trickier game than it turned out to be and I think it just proves that Rangers are no mugs at all this season obviously they won the S to a PL1 title last season for the first time and it looks like they've got to kick on they've made a lot of great transfers and they're through around two and there's no reason now I feel that they can't get to the group stages and actually have a really good European run because they've got strength and depth to do so and if money comes in from that, they could even get stronger. But I guess there's arguments to that in both sense for the league, but also it's good for Scottish football as a whole. What about the opening goal, but? Is, is Nick Dalk shooting? Oh, no, I've I, I seen a caption as well. You'll take, you'll take the manager of the week. <laughs> we'll move into the SWPL action that took place over the weekend. We'll start with, obviously, the SWPL one. Celtic 4, Spartans 0, Hibs 2, Motherwell 3, Glasgow Girls 3, Hamilton 4 and Aberdeen 2, Partick Thistle 2. Robbie, we'll start with Celtic, convincing 4-0 win for Asselarasi getting two goals and Otto and Craig rounding off a 4-0 victory. Celtic going top of the table. Very convinced performance. Yeah, absolutely. And you look at Celtic, that's three wins from three, 15 goals scored, zero conceded. You can got to say Fern Alonso's side they ended last season on a high by winning the Cup double, the first in their history, and now they've started the season in great form. And 
to, I know Spartans haven't started the season great themselves, but to go through that game, score four goals, especially I questioned Celtic this season, losing Charlie Wellings, where the goals would come from. So the fact that goals are being spread around the team and the other side, they've lost players. Um, Jody Bartle, I think they lost. And they're still managing to uh, keep clean sheets. So it's, it's positive around Parkhead as well, just like it is at Ibox at the moment for the women's side. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Kenny, I was just going to say, yeah, I was just going to say, do you not think Taylor Otto might sort of take the place of Charlie Wellens? Obviously, that's a first start, first goal, American striker, a bit of experience. I think she could score a few goals for Celtic this season. Yeah, I think she could as well. Yeah, I think uh, Clifford as well, that came in from, was it Lewis she came from? I think she's got the potential to score goals. And you look at the importance of Jacinta. I think she's just, I think she's, you saw last season, obviously, with Charlie Wellens and the team, she was still on top form. I think with a bit more, bit more to do, I think she will just rise and rise. I think she's terrific. Yeah, you're totally right. She's only young as well. She can only get better and better. And obviously, played of the season last season, which mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm just chiming on that. I think it's good to see players like Jacinta, season on season, you feel is growing and getting better and adjusting to the league. Because we've had this debate on our own show before about players like Fasir, Chinchia, Jacinta, <coughs> who I'd call luxury players, that sometimes they don't turn up enough. But when they do, my God, they are great players. And it's good to see have these players in the league. And hopefully players like Otto will do the same, have a great impact and show fans what, what the women's game in Scotland's all about. Mm-hmm. And for Spartans, I mean, like they're not good, they're not expected to win these games, are they? I mean, and to keep it at four nothing, to be honest, is I'm not saying it's a good result, but other teams have been hammered by Celtic. So is a four nothing against Celtic that bad a result when you ask Spartans? Yeah, I th- as, as you say, I think that's a it's again one of those is a as a free hit for Spartans and Keeping the score down to a minimum is probably as good as you can get. But one game that was quite tight, I think the other three games were very tight, actually. Hibs 2, Motherwell 3. Motherwell came from 2-1 down, I believe, to win this game. Robbie, I'm going to touch on you because you sent me a, a message on Twitter saying you were going to have a wee point here about this game. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, just feel, I just feel it's a statement. Uh, it's probably a statement result for Motherwell. After going so close to getting a draw against Glasgow City, who's dominated the women's game for so long for the last decade or so. Last week, 96 minute, obviously, a concede. They didn't let that get to them. Then the next game, they go and face, arguably, another side who's been at the pinnacle of the women's game over the last decade, Hibs, and turned over the result and beat them 3-2. And I feel it does put pressure on Dean Gibson now. New has got a mention in his name, but I do. I kind of feel sorry for him because he's just signed a new contract this summer, and the club's obviously backed him. But I feel like they've lost a lot of key players, like Black Cavanagh, Amy Muir, his other key players. That even Alexa Coyle, she banged a lot of goals last season. So I just don't. I know they've got new players in, but it just doesn't seem to be gelling. I know when you bring a high turnover of players, it takes time, but. Results like that, that's three games in, two defeats. Hibs haven't been used to doing that, especially conceding 12 goals in that three games. So it's definitely something that Gibson will need to be getting these players on the training ground and try to stop them leaking so much goals. But like you say, he's made five new signings, right? It does take time for them to gel. And let's be honest, against Celtic, you know, only Rangers and Glasgow City are going to have a chance against Celtic so I think the next games for Gibson are key you've got Dundee United then you've got an easy game obviously after that Aberdeen so um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I think the next few games for Gibson are really really important but well done to Muddle I mean they've made a few new signings as well yeah they have that I mean as you say like 
I, Adi Gardner and Anderson with the three goals for Motherwell. It was a massive statement for them. Can somebody answer why the win was so historic? I kept seeing things in Motherwell's Twitter that the win was historic. Can anybody tell me why that was? I'm not entirely, I, I was going to say, I think I should have seen somewhere that they hadn't beat them before, but I might be really out there, but I'm sure it was something like really, like maybe not beat them away from home. It was a permutation that it never happened before. And I think the other point was four former Heidi's in the Motherwell starting 11, Emily March, Lucy Ronald, Katie Rice and Kyla Boyce. So just shows they probably had a point to prove as well against the old teammates. Yeah, absolutely. I think as well, just like somebody, if people, somebody can leave a comment as to why it was historic. I just saw, kept seeing historic and like, I was waiting and something like been said, like, why is it historic and nobody could say. But again, another big one for Murrow. And I do agree. I think Hibs will be looking to bounce back immediately. I think there will be a high. I think they will get time because of the turnover in players. But again, you just you want to see results. And they're the games I think Hibs will want to win. Hamilton have been quite impressive to start off the season. A 4-3-1 over Glasgow girls and women. Kenny, this is a, obviously a seven-goal thriller, but Hamilton fought a massive three points for them, and in particular, Josephine Giard, who scored the hat-trick. Well, she is an absolute baller. Uh, Robbie will agree with me there as well. We've watched her over yeah. the last couple of seasons for Hamilton, and she has she does things with the ball that likes a Priscilla Chinchia can do. You know, she's one of those players that when she's on, on her game, she's absolutely fantastic. I mean, we we speak a lot with Bobby Watson, and he's a, he's a massive fan of Josie. She's absolutely, yeah. you know, they just love her as part of that team. It was nice as well to see uh, MT Gardner coming back. She just came back to injury and got a go back on her uh, on her on her reappearance, so to speak. But a special mention as well, she got Megan Quinn. That was her hundred the captain. That was her hundredth appearance for Hamilton. Uh, she made her debut at fifteen. She's come all the way through the you know reserves, sorry, youth team reserves. And at the first team, and uh, we've had Megan Quinn on a podcast a few times. So well done, Megan, make your hundreds appearance and obviously getting that victory as well. Yeah, definitely. Can I agree more? Robbie, is there a well, obviously Hamilton getting the big three points, but Glasgow women, they were it was a massive kind of boost for them. I think scoring three goals, obviously they didn't get the win, but Shelly Campbell getting two goals. I think they'll be hoping that they can kind of kick on from that, even though it was a defeat. Yeah, absolutely. I haven't really had a chance this season to speak about Glasgow women, but I do really fear for them this season. That transition up from the SWPL to the SWPL1, because I've seen fragilities in their side last season, and that was playing the second tier, and they've actually lost quite a few key players like Cara Henderson, Caitlin Kavanagh, and uh, Lucy Ronald. So the first two games of the season were really, really poor. So yeah, as you say, just to lose to Hamilton, who's been in the top flight for a few seasons now, by one goal and to get three goals as well, I'll definitely do them the world of good because I don't think they'll have much expectations in top flight. I've seen a lot of chat from clubs at that side of the table saying that the top flight should have been smaller and the second tier bigger in order to develop players at these clubs. But yeah, overall, it's something to work on. That's what the manager will be saying, something to work on. And they go again next week looking to bounce on that and try get some momentum in the league because I guess they're getting used to it as well because most of these players probably haven't played in the top flight before. They yeah. were 2-0 down as well. To go back to 3-3 three, three for 2-0 down, is, you know, that's got to give you there. some confidence. Ah, exactly. Yeah, as I say, it's a learning curve and I think, as I say, like, although they'll be obviously wanting to get points in the board and things like that, but to score three goals and for Shelley Campbell to get two goals and I think Hamilton will go under the radar this season. I'm saying that to Bobby when he's on the preview. I wouldn't sleep in Hamilton, maybe potentially kind of pushing up the league a wee bit this season. Well, it'd be good to see. 
Definitely. Well, and it was a last-minute winner as well. It's for Glasgow girls. Yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, they did. It could go either way, can it? Oh. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. We will move into the final game in the SWPL 1. Robbie, Hab- Aberdeen 2, Party Thistle 2. Aberdeen have a point in the board finally. Are you happy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's... In, in my opinion, it's been a bit interesting, the uh, close season for Aberdeen Moen, because last... Well, I've kind of... The first season I got involved in women's football, they won the SWPL 2 in... Got ahead of myself watching them in that division. So they've, got, they've got that front three of Eva Thompson, Van Ogilvy, and Bailey Hutchison, who I think is absolutely superb when they click. There's a lot of talent there. But this summer, oh, last season I thought consolidating themselves well, but this summer they haven't recruited well at all. And I, I know they won't like me saying that because I know they've, I guess, progressed youngsters through the side. But you can see that so far this season. It looks so fail in defence. Like, Politic and no mugs and a draw against Politic's not terrible, but just some of the goals they have been conceding, they're missing like experience. They lost Kelly Forrest and Carrie Doig, two experienced defenders in the summer, and replaced them by like 16, 17, 18 year olds. And it's it's a learning curve. That's got to see you can't criticize these players because they're getting the opportunity. You want to see these players go into full internationals, but in terms of that game itself, it just knew it was going to be a topsy-turvy game because when those two sides played, when there was in the second tier that happened, happened last season, and then the same again happens, Taylor Fisher ends up scoring an uh, equaliser to make it 2 all from the spot. So, yeah, point was probably fair in the end. That's Fisher's first goal for Partick as well, so well done, huh? Kenny, was that result kind of written in the stars? I think if you'd done a predicted at the start of the weekend, I think that would have been a game I would have put as a draw. I was going for a draw for that game as well. Yeah, we were talking about it, not, not on any podcast end, but me and Robbie were talking about the, the obviously the games coming up over the weekend and I think we both expected that to be a draw, didn't we, Robbie? Yeah, I, I, absolutely. Because even looking at the Aberdeen team, there's um, Finney and Chris, they both got starts from who weren't involved last season. And even on the bench, there's so many new names so I think overall this early stage of the season you're going to see teams take a bit of time to adapt and players adapt so as what you say you might get some unpredictable results but that one as we say was probably the most predictable of the weekend <laughs> yeah I think it's, it's two teams that will be obviously glad to get a point in the ball but they'll be hoping to kick on for it as well SWPL2 I'll run through the results Montrose 5 East 5 1 Boromir 3, Queen's Park 1, Kilmarnock 2, Gartcairn 3, and Stirling 1, St. Johnson 3. Eight teams all scored, but I've both teams to score, person's bookmaker's dream. <laughs> we'll start with Montrose. I was, I've been very impressed with the start of Montrose. I, was, I didn't know much about them going into the season, but Kenny, Stacey McFadden, my hat trick, they look really solid. They, I mean, East Fife, I don't think, obviously they'll be hoping to get a win in the board quickly, but Montrose have started well and that's another big result. No, definitely. I mean, they're sitting second at the table on seven points. So, uh, I mean, Robbie, he's the man from Montrose. He predicted Montrose to to fly high this season. But like you said, I think, unfortunately for East Fife, if any East Fifers are listening, I can only apologise. But I think they may may well be the sort of whipping whipping team this season, unfortunately. But, uh, no, great result for Montrose. Obviously, hat-trick, that's going to bring a big load of confidence. It'd just be nice to see if they can sort of kick on for there and uh, stay up there, as Robbie predicted. Robbie, what was it about Montrose that caught your eye at the start of the season and it's certainly proven you're right? Well, season, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, other than having the captain, I think captain, Georgia Carter on a podcast last season who spoke 
really highlight of everything going on behind the scenes at Montrose and just seeing the ambition. That was last season, but over the close season, I spoke about the fact that Aberdeen, I wasn't too sure about the recruitment. Montrose, it was the recruitment that really made me think, step up. I think they signed three players in Dundee United's SWPL2 title-winning squad, and then they picked up players like Stephen McFarren, I think from Driver or something, and she bagged in the goals last season. So I think the recruitment was superb, and they just haven't looked back, really. Even Kilmarnock, I've kept to win the title with Montrose, got to spring a few surprises, which they're doing. And the fact that they have done so well so far, and they look solid enough defensively and got goals in all departments. Honestly, I would love Montrose to actually do it and go all the way and do back-to-back promotions, just like what Aberdeen had done prior to that. I've spoke to a couple of people from Montrose over the past week or so, and the the ambition they've got is quite good, like really good, as you say. They've recruited well. Really nice people as well. They've all been great talking to, so I'm delighted to see them doing well. But St. Johnson are the team that topped the table, Robbie. Three wins from three. They went to Stirling Union, one three one. Really good start for them as well when they've got the likes of Morgan Steedman, they've got Hannah Clark, they've got really good players in that team, and I think they are, obviously, they'll be delighted to have a good start. Yeah, absolutely. And I think with St. Johnston, last season... It was one of those that we've always had these players there who I think are good and probably should have been doing better than they were. But Grant Scott came in the second half of last season, consolidated that players, got them believing again. And now you look at the start of the season, it proves that three wins and three, a positive goal difference. I think it's a lot to be positive about. Now, good to see that there is St. Johnston, Kilmarnock, Montrose, Boroughmuir, so many teams now that can be in the frame. No, it's only early days. Teams have only played a certain amount of games. But, yeah, I really like the ambition. We spoke to Gant Scott, who I know is leaving, but we spoke to him last season, and he was saying that they're doing active training sessions, this and that, with St. Johnston. So the ambition, they're associated with premiership clubs, so there's no reason why they can't change their model somewhere down the line and get to the top flight and be successful. Kenny, what about St. John's? Have you been impressed so far? I definitely like, like you said, three wins from three. There's a new manager in there as well. Uh, obviously, Martin is, but he's come in there as a general manager, so he'll be trying to implement his plans on the side and maybe change a few things. And like you mentioned there, Morgan Steedman, I mean, that's a player I saw a lot last season, and she's another baller, so to say. You know, yeah, she's, exactly. she's, she's right up there with the top scorers all the time. And I think we had a few St. Johnson girls on the podcast last season, and they always say there's a right togetherness about the squad. You know, they, they've got a right desire to win, so it'd be nice to see St. Johnson up there as well, because last season they weren't far off it. So it would be good to see St. Johnson stay there, go the pace and potentially gain promotion. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. I think, obviously, we weren't stolen, Robbie. What's your, been your thoughts on them so far? Will they be, obviously, disappointed not to have a point in the board so far? Yeah, Sterling, I feel it's tough for them being a Sterling University side and seem to have a high turnover of players and sometimes can't even field enough players for benches and everything. So... As Kenny said, he's Fife maybe being the whipping girls. And they always respect to Sterling, but I think they kind of have that place. But they're improving. Nonetheless, they're improving because to Johnson are a great side. So to even get a goal against them is fine. But I'm not convinced they'll be at anywhere but bottom half this season, unfortunately. But it's a, a lot of these players, it'll be a learning curve. And they might I think a few Sterling players have actually went on this summer to make moves to bigger um, sides so I think a lot of players might use that as a platform to get experience in women's football 
play against some good players and then hopefully catch the eye and get a good move. Yeah. One team who's bounced back pretty well from their opening day defeat is Bottom Your Thistle, a 3 1 win on Sunday over Queen's Park. Beth McLeod with a double and Courtney McAvoy with a third. Kenny, they've bounced back well for our, our opening day defeat. They have obviously now six points on the board and they'll be hoping to just keep going. Well, Burnaby is another team last year. They were right up there, uh, but they sort of play the game as one game at a time. I know that's an old cliche well cliche in football, but I've spoken to Susie Shepherd a few times and she's a great manager. And like you say, they have bounced back, but they always seem to bounce back Burnaby or Thistle. You know, there were a few bad results last season and then we bounce back, bounce back with a win and run. And again, if they can just keep up the performances so far, then again, there's no reason why they can't be up there challenging as well. Mm-hmm. Robbie, what was your thoughts on bottom your three one one? Yeah, well, I'm, I think that was a really good result because looking at Queen's Park, we've got Craig Joyce who in in the hot seat now who took obviously Glasgow Women to promotion yeah. last season. And I spoke to Craig only a few weeks ago and he was explaining his decision why he thought it was the end of Anita at Glasgow Women and then he thought it was a great project. Yeah, again, to be I think it's an exciting time. I know. Queen's Park lost that game and haven't had the best they start one win out of three but another one that he talked project and I like to hear that he loved the vision that the club were wanting to take the woman's side and a bit like Hamilton wanting to have a pathway with developing young women and then through a pathway into the first team so I think it's not one to be too concerned for Queen's Park but as you all say but I'm you they'll be wanting to chase a promotion spot and what better way to bounce back from opening day defeat with two victories. Yeah. Another, the final game of the SWPL2 over the weekend was Kilmarnock 2, Gart KM 3. Kenny, two teams that are obviously very, I would say very similar match. I think both teams will be eyeing the title. Dion Brown were a double for Gart Cairn, but a very, very competitive game by all reports. No, definitely. It's, uh, I, I was actually quite surprised at that result. I, I mean, Kilmarnock are the team that I tipped to sort of win that league, but they've got played three, won one, lost one, drew one. So they're not, they're no, you know, that, that league's the best league in the world anyway. So they're no, uh, they're no far away there. And of course, Kelly have got a new manager, Andy Gardner, so he'll be trying to, you know, implement his own style of play. So that might take a little bit of time. I know that Kelly have went, a few of the players have went sort of semi-professional as well. And of course, don't forget, Kilmarnock are without star striker Lisa Swanson. <laughs> I was just waiting, I was waiting for that, Kenny. I think she'll be a big mess. Ah, she definitely. But Gart as well, I mean, they've signed Dion Brown, who was a big player at Partick Thistle for a, a number yeah. of seasons. Um, and obviously, she'll, she, she'll add that bit of, you know, a bit of experience up front. And there's no reason, like you say, why Gart can can't. Keep going and push for promotion. I, I was actually, again, I was shocked at that result, but uh, it's surprising to see and it's good as well for the league because uh, it gives us a bit more a bit more com- competition, so to speak, uh, and it would be nice to see if Gartcairn, like Robbie was saying about Montrose, if Gartcairn can do a double promotion as well, that would be absolutely fantastic to see. Robbie, did that result come as a surprise to you? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. Maybe it's like you saying didn't know too much about Montrose. I, I know Gartcairn obviously flew and won the Scottish Championship self-title last season, but I didn't fancy them as title contenders. By any means, I thought they'd maybe be trying to go into the top half and consolidate in the first season. I know Dion Brown thought it was a good experience thing to make, but that sh- result really shocked me because Kilmarnock do seem to be good players, as Kenny said, on contracts. They've got that core of players as well. I know, as you say, Shelley Campbell had moved, but they've got a core of players that's been there two, three seasons and Players that has quality in that Kilmarnock side. I always say that. I said that last season. It frustrated me because some of the games they lost um, 
they didn't deserve to lose. But yeah, I think Gaelic Kern, it can only be good for the league to have an early, in my opinion, shock because it might kick some Kilmarnock up the backside to uh, maybe recruit or do something differently and could be a good title race this season. That's Kenny, I think, alludes to. I love the SDOPL 2 more than SDOPL 1 because just so unpredictable. There's not really any runaway scorelines every week. I think you've got at least five teams that can win that title. Aye, I 100% agree. I mean, and I would say they're probably the top five at the moment. <laughs> St. Johnston, Montrose, Burnaby, Gart, Cairn and Kelly. Yeah. And again, there's not much separating them. I know, I mean, you're only three games in. So, what, uh, I mean, St. Johnston are, what, five points ahead of Kelly? That, that can come back. They sort of play each other. Yeah, so, I think Lisa Swanson's a massive miss for Kelly. Yeah. Well, I know she, I know how disappointed she is to be injured, but you see, like, I think she's pivotal to that. I think there's a real togetherness in that Comanlet squad, and I think she's kind of at the thick of it. So I think she'll be a tough match. But Gar Cairn, again, I know, obviously, knowing a few people in the men's the men's team, I know the facilities they've got there, and I know they're ambitious to try and get up that league. And I spoke to somebody there at the club during the week, and that's what they're saying. They said, we want to be an SWPL1. So, again, that's if they want to do that, that's the you need to go to places like Comanlet and Boromir and Alexis St. Johnson and win games, and that's what Again, they can't ask for any more than that. But but like you're saying, that is brilliant for the league, having two teams promoted who are expecting to get promoted again. I mean, that's yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely fantastic. <laughs> that's what you want as well. You don't want them just Aye. to burn and be cannon fodder. And that's, again, it's making the league more competitive. And I, I, I agree. I think this league is far more... I, we spoke about it last week. This league should be on the highlight show, in my opinion. We Aye, totally. This league. Well, as Lisa Swanson asks for every week on yeah. Twitter, please let the highlight show be... Uh, Sure, it should be the SDOPL too. There's a lot of quality there as well, and a lot of probably it probably showcased the game, in my opinion, better than a lot of people have a wrong opinion of women's football, especially now you're seeing results as 13 14 0. Whereas, <coughs> you don't really see that at all. And again, you want you want competitiveness, and that's it's four games, and it's an eight team league, it's four games. And I imagine for an extra half hour a week, I think a lot of people would be. Delighted Aye, to get that definitely. and watch that and tune in. But again, great advert for women's football over the week. I love a, I love when all eight teams score in a league because I think it just gives a wee bit of, <laughs> bit of balance. But into the SWF, we'll start with the championship. Now, if you want to talk about a competitive league, there is eight teams in this league after two games and they all have a point in the board and no teams won two games. Now, if that's not a competitive league, I don't know what is. Unbelievable, really. It's unbelievable. Again, and you just look at some of the results. Livingston 3, Renfrew 2, Hutchie Vale 3, uh, 4, Inverness 3, Rossville 4, Morton 0, Air 2, Drybra 1. Kenny, what was your result of the weekend? What caught your eye in that league? I'm going to say Livy beating Renfrew 3 2 because uh, Livy were a team, sorry, Renfrew were a team I watched last season and they were very impressive. Uh, they played BSC Glasgow, which again, I'm not saying, no offence to BSC Glasgow, but they're not as a high standard as Renfrew. But I know Renfrew have made a few new signings, and I was very surprised to go away to Livy and get beat 3 2. Robbie, what's your result at the weekend? Well, I actually was going to say the same, but I'm going to actually cheat <laughs> here. I'm going to cheat here and say Livingston, the result of the weekend is actually for Scottish women's football for that league because Livingston women tweeted that they got a crowd of over 300 fans to that game, and I think that. Is really good to be seeing for the third tier of Scottish women's football. It actually caught me back when I've seen it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, just run through some of the the games at the goal scorers in that. Livingston, a double for Shannon Mulligan. Hutchie Vale scored four against the Inverness. Inverness have scored eight goals and lost eight. 
in two games. <laughs> I think that's unbelievable. That's Ross, brilliant. <laughs> Ross Vale, obviously, they were bouncing back for that 5-4 defeat. They won 4-0. Jamie McQuillan getting two. She scored two the week before. And Top scorer in the league, I think. Yeah, I think she has. I four goals already in two games. I think there's a lot of players on more than two, I think, in that league. But I think that league is going to be extremely competitive. I'm going to ask you just off the cuff. Give us the title winner in that league, Kenny. Who's going to win that league? Just off the top. And we'll I'm, come back to you at the end of the end of the season to see if you're I'm going to go for Renfrew. It's a team I've seen, so it's the only team I can comment on. But I was very impressed with Renfrew last season. So come on, then, Renfrew. Robbie, who have we got? I, I'm I'm going to stick with Livingston. I know the top league now, but going by the ambition that seems to be showing and getting folk turning up to games, surely a club associated yet again, use this cliche, associated with a men a successful men's team should be going through the leagues and getting promoted. But it's so tight. You can look at it now and say Driver, they're missing Stacey McFadden's goals, but the, with two games in, all these teams could turn it around and you could speak in a few weeks' time and. Type, the table could be turned yeah, upside down. Is that close? But I, think, I like that. I think this is a league where at least six teams can win it. Like, I'm looking at it and I'm just... I think Dryber and Morton, I think, are the two teams I think that will be... I don't know if they'll be title contenders, but I certainly think all set, other sets could be... Again, Morton, Morton beat Air 4 now and then lose 4 now to Rossville. So there's a, that edge of weirdness about it, but there's also that level of competitiveness. I, I don't think Air... I think knowing people at air, I think they that result will be a really poor one for them. I think they'll be desperate to get it. Obviously, they got a one in the yeah. ball, two one. They scored a really late goal against Driver as well. I know the setup down there. I'm friendly with a few people there. I know how ambitious they are, so I would keep an eye on air this season. But final league we'll talk about is SWF League One. 31 goals in six games. It's been goals, goals, goals in that league. I'll just run through some of the results. Stenhouse Muir 5, Dundee West 1, FC Edinburgh 6, BSC Glasgow 0, Grampian Ladies 8, Airdrie Ladies 0, Glenifer Thistle 1, Giffnock 5, West Dyke Ladies 3, St Mirren 2, and Falkirk 2, Edinburgh Caledonia 0. Robbie, any results that catch your eye? There's quite a few. Yeah, is loads, and especially, I just wanted to talk about that on the last segment. I, I actually like the fact that we split up that championship south this season because last season there was such a big, I think me and Kenny spoke about that, there was such a big gulf between maybe the top eight and the next ten for those now. I know you're still seeing some eight nils, but the result that caught my eye, being a northeast eluded known players that play for this side, I'm going to go West Dyke ladies being St Mirren uh, 3-2. I thought that was kind of a great result for them to beat uh, a start. I know Gordon McCombs told me before things are not too rosy with St Mirren, but I just thought uh, West Dyke beating a team like that it shows their intent and could easily mean they could go up the table this season. But there's a lot of teams in that league. Being so many teams, it's really hard to predict, especially so early on. Yeah, absolutely. Kenny, what's your thoughts on SWF League 2? Um, well, again, it's not a league I know lots and lots about, so I'm not going to lie, but I'm looking at the table right now, and it looks a very competitive league. I mean, you've got, what, three points, three teams up there on six points, Dennis Muir, Falkirk, and West Dyke. Yeah. That, you know, I mean, I, you guys might know more than me. Are they the sort of best three teams? Are they the title challengers? But I would say Stenhouse, um, Muir, and Falkirk, yeah. I think West, I don't, yeah. I didn't think much about if West Dyke would be able to put a title challenge in, but they started really well. I wouldn't well, put it past Giffnock to be up there at the end of the season. 
Yeah, yeah, but I'll tell you what, if, they, if Stenhouse had been in Falkirk are the two rivals, then that'd be fantastic, because they are actual rivals, and they're next door neighbours, so, uh, do, do you know what I mean? That, we, we need to go to one of their games, boys, that, should, that could be quite interesting. <laughs> Absolutely. As, as I say, fascinating week, but give us your result of the weekend across the, the four leagues, Kenny. What result caught your eye the most out of the four leagues? It's a tricky one, because you've got to go between Motherwell and Hamilton, but I'm going to go for Hamilton, uh, just for the fact that I know the guys there, great club, you know, very ambitious club that, you know, like to bring players through and just for the fact that they managed to get that result in the last minute as well. Uh, and Josie Gerald hattrick she is a baller, so I'm going to go for Hamilton against Glasgow girls. Brilliant. Robbie, what's your result of the weekend? Yeah, I'm, as, as much as the Kamari defeat was nearly on my mind, I'm going to go with the Motherwell one because I've seen the process I put in Paul Brownlee and it's now really seems to be paying off and to beat Hibs is no mean feat, especially coming from behind. So, yeah, I think Motherwell get my vote. And you can see how um, buzzing folk who's Motherwell doing people like Amy Anderson were at full time. So, absolutely. Dean Gibson's going to batter you, Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> we just have a bit of news coming through, quite surprisingly. I don't know if this is properly like going to happen, but there's talk that Erin Cuthbert could potentially be heading to Barcelona. Kenny, Ooh. what's your reaction to that? Fantastic. If we can get a Scottish player, well, we've already got Caroline Weir, obviously, but Caroline Weir against uh, against Erin Cuthbert in the El Clasico would be absolutely fantastic. So, yeah, get her over there. You know, it's flying the flag for Scottish football. So, definitely, that'd be fantastic. I'm just reading into it. I don't know if it will get through now or at the end of the season, but she's good enough to play at that level, isn't she, Robbie? Yeah, absolutely. Erin Cuthbert is a player that obviously stands up to me as one of the terrific players. Like, it's a travesty like this summer that Scotland weren't at that oh, you know when you speak about players like Cuthbert and Weir, for example, like you seen Weir last night scored against their old club, Manchester City, to put them out of the Champions League. And then Cuthbert as well, got so much for a midfielder, got so much versatility in the game, can add goals, puts in a some shift, like it should be a great signing for Barcelona. And I'm just reading this year that if Conject spares next season's option. So, yeah, definitely, I'd love to see that happen in the future if it doesn't happen this summer. But it's good to know that Scottish players are now being looked at by these top clubs. And I think it gives a role model now for all these young players coming through at these teams we just spoke about from that four-league connected with DL. Yeah, absolutely. But we'll move into what's coming up this week. We've got two games to talk about. Glasgow City hosting the United on Wednesday. Kenny, what's your thoughts on that game and give us a wee prediction? Uh, well, obviously, Glasgow City, a lot of people think they're having a tough time of it. A lot of new players in there struggling in the Champions League there. But let's face it, Roma are a cracking side. And, yeah. you know, playing that Cervette or whatever they're called, that didn't matter. So to beat 1-0... What, what is that third place play? Is that for anything or is that just like part of the tournament? It's just part of the tournament because it's a group stage. Tournament. Yeah, so they have to play it. So it's a nothing game. So that game doesn't matter. Okay. For me, that's a tight a game for Eileen Gleeson to try, try, you know, get more it. togetherness in the squad. But um, you've got to go for a Glasgow City win. Obviously, Dundee United, newly promoted. A good side, must admit, a lot of good players. But yeah, you've definitely got to go for I'd say a convincing win for Glasgow City. Give us a score. I'll go for 5-1, Glasgow City. 5-1. Robbie, what's your thoughts going into that game? Yeah, Glasgow City, I was a bit critical of them on the Anyone's Game podcast during the week because I'm not just saying this because I'm still unsure of Gleason's tactics in that cup final defeat at the end of last season, but I'm just unconvinced by what's going on there in a sense. that I know Roma are a very good side, but just basic errors and 
as Kenny said, they made a lot of changes to the team. You look at that, it'll take a bit of time to settle in. But looking at the United game, I don't think it'll be as convincing as you think. Because I thought would have thought the Motherwell game was convincing and only win by a goal. So I'm, I think they'll win, but I think it'll be maybe about 2 3 1. I'll go 3 1 because they should have quality and they should have that fire in their bellies to prove people wrong. Because if players do listen to podcasts like this and hear people like me criticizing them, they probably would want to get back. And I think Glasgow City have got quality players, like still there, like Claire Shine, um, who's been there for years. She can chip in the goals and everything. And, and one Hayley Lauder. Yeah, oh, Hayley Lauder is fantastic. But in one sense, I'm going to go 3 1. But in another sense, I do agree with you, Kenny. Dundee United could get on the backlash of Glasgow City's yeah. anger from going out the Champions League as well. But I'll stick my 3 1. And I just hope Dundee United can put a good result because I just don't like these really high scoring games because I get it tight from people for promoting on the football. We've said it already, but it's a free hit for the United. I mean, playing any of the top three next time yeah. one's a free hit. And you know, you, you go out there, enjoy yourself, maybe learn for the game and then move on. Yeah. We'll move into Rangers versus Hearts. Rangers obviously in a really good run to start off the season. I think they've scored is it 30 goals in five games? I think that right. Something like that, yeah. Ken Too many to count. Aye, will they, will they keep that going? Will they keep that going on Wednesday? Unfortunately for Hearts, I, I can't see any other, any other thing happening than that. Uh, I mean, it'd be interesting to see, obviously, Emma Brownlee and Kyra Grant move from Rangers to Hearts. And Hearts are trying to build a side. You know, they're putting players on contracts and they, they are looking to move forward. But again, I can't see, you know, I can't see anything but a Rangers victory, unfortunately. And a, a high Rangers victory. If I was going to predict that one, I'd go for 7 or 8 nil. unfortunately. Sorry, Hearts, but uh, that's what I'm predicting anyway. Robbie, do you think it'll be as high as that? Yeah, unfortunately, I'll use the word rampant Rangers. That's what they have been. The fact that they couldn't even they didn't even start Lizzie on it during the week. It plays like Brogan Hay. They've just got so much strength and depth. I'll go back Still to Still got Colette Cavanagh to come on. She just scores <laughs> yeah. anywhere. Yeah, it was a perfect <laughs> example from last season. I went and watched Rangers woman be hot. And then it ended at like 6-1 or 6-0. But Hearts actually played well in um like that was them on the top of the game and they still got beat by a few goals. And as Kenny says, Eva Oled's been brought in and she's getting, they've got players in full-time contracts now. They're getting something good going there, but it's not, the season's not got to be judged on that game at all against Rangers. It'll be a learning curve and just hope that players like Emma Brownlee from playing for Rangers can maybe bring that winning mentality and experience to these Young Hearts team because I think Eva Oled said that the average age of the team is like 17 or 18, so them playing against experienced Scotland internationals always got to be tough absolutely yeah I think Rangers will win comfortably I, I kind of worry for Hearts as well I just uh, again but as you say Rangers see, see losing like 8 or 9 out to Rangers it's it's kind of no expected but yeah it's not it's a surprise a ah, it's no. a free hat and again I I hope for the state of football, I hope it's not a, a doing every week. For well, the, again. I've, I've got to stop you there, Scott, because I've predicted Hearts to win a cup, so... <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> that was my out-there prediction for the season, was Hearts to win a cup. But it's been an absolute pleasure to have you both on, guys. I've really enjoyed it. Kenny, thanks for coming on. Thank you very much, Scott. Robert, it's been a pleasure. Cheers. Thank you very much, mate. Brilliant. Thanks very much to everyone that's tuned in. Please subscribe to our YouTube and podcast channels and follow us on social media and obviously follow the guys on social media as well. Anyone's game podcast? Yep. Yeah.
Brilliant. We'll obviously give that a wee follow as well. Great promotion for women's football. And we'll be back next week with a new episode. Thanks very much, everyone. We'll see you soon. Cheers. Yeah.